My name is Brianna Banks, and welcome to Encourage, a safe and open space where we uplift, empower, and support women through conversation. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Encourage. And if you're new here, welcome. So glad that you're tuning in. I'm so excited about today's topic. Today, we are talking about knowing your worth and not being desperate and settling for anything. I'm so excited. I have a special, special, special guest today. We have Pastor Latricia Taylor, aka Mama Trish, aka my baby's grandmother. She don't look like a grandmother, y'all. If y'all can see her, she definitely doesn't. Um, and she is a woman of God. She has a beautiful spirit and she's been so influential to me and has been a mother figure in my journey, really. So I wanted to bring her on today to kind of talk about this topic, because let me tell you, I was just telling you all those great things, but you know, she is saving herself for marriage. Y'all heard that she's saving herself for marriage and it's been 15 years, right? Just about going on 16 years. Yes. Yes. She has been single for 16 years and have not done anything. When I say anything, I want, (laughs) I mean anything. Okay. And how is she able to do that? Like that's inspiring. You do not hear that these days. So I wanted to bring her on and kind of share her story and how she's able to do that. um, Because this information is really needed. So Ms. Trish, can you kind of just walk me through how you got to this point and how you're able to, you know, contain yourself and just, and just wait on God? How, how are you able to do that? Well, it's, it's God. It's really by the grace of God. Um, first thing you have to do is really have a made up mind. Mm. You know, once you make your mind up, then God will meet you right there. Um, I remember an elderly lady when I was in church and she told me, she says, um, God will keep you if you desire to be kept, Mm -hmm. you know, and I took that and, and it was other things that influenced me, but God was the major thing in my life. But what ran me to that, um, place and, and my understanding needed that knowing that I needed to be there was because of my past, because of the things that I went through being in, you know, abusive relationships, um, experienced domestic violence, you know, um, and my, and I, I came to my own understanding that I couldn't choose, you know, and I got desperate, you know, um, going into rebound relationships, you know, coming out of one, getting into another one, you know, and getting the same results. So in order for you to get a different result, what do you have to do? You got to do something different, you know, but when I came to the Lord, I was really desperate and I felt like I was going to lose my mind. You know, I was in my uh, second marriage, you know, and it, and it was abusive, you know, um, and it even came to the fact where, you know, I realized that it was affecting my children. So it wasn't really about me, this change, um, God used my children to help me you know, get to this place. So it was God in his grace. That's so true because there are so many women and young girls who stay in relationships, even though all the red flags, they've seen all the red flags and ignored them, um, you know, through the abuse, whether it's mental, physical, they stay because they feel like 
they can't get anyone else. Or maybe the guy is telling them that you aren't worth anything and I'm the best that you'll ever have. And, you know, you would think like, oh no, I'm gone. You know, that girls mm-hmm. would just leave, but they don't, they don't, they stay there and they endure. And they endure because they don't know their worth. You know, they don't know their value, you know, or who they are. And um, unfortunately, uh, those things can be used against us, you know, as women and as men, when we don't know who we are, you know, Mm -hmm. we don't know our worth. And it's so important, you know, if you ask me now, who am I, you know, I know my identity now, which I didn't know in the past, you know, um, my identity, who I am, I am a child of God. Mm -hmm. And I walk in that power and I walk in the authority of who I am. And, you know, and I have standards, I have godly standards, you know when you know that you are a, a child of God, you know, we know that we, we abide by his principles and his standards of his kingdom, yeah. you know, and that, and that will change your life in and of itself. You know, once you realize who you are and what God feels about you, you know, and then when you have, when you build that relationship up with God, you know, the first thing he does is love on you. He loves you right there in your heart, you know, And he takes you through that process of healing. Mm -hmm. Not only that, when he shows you how he loves you, and once you realize, you know, how God loves you, you can navigate your life from there, even dealing with other individuals, you know, on on how God treated you, how God take care of you, how God is your father. God is your everything, you know, and as children, you know, these things, we, we just wasn't taught, you know, yes. We didn't really have that true understanding of, um, you know, what that meant and what that looked like. I didn't, you know, worth, worth. What was that? Right. That's just something somebody said. Right. That's just something (laughs) somebody said. Right. What was that? That wasn't, you know, I was oblivious to what that really meant and how um, it would affect my life. Just knowing that little key point right there, Mm -hmm. you know, knowing who I was. Um, when you don't know your value, you know, there's certain, certain things that you'll subject yourself to, you know, which you mentioned earlier, yeah. you know, there's certain things that you'll subject yourself to because you don't know any better, you know? Yeah. And then, you know, these days there are so many influence coming from everywhere, you know, and a lot yeah. of times it's not from the right place. You know, we're basing our relationship goals off of these celebrities or these quote unquote influencers when we really should be looking towards God and the Bible to paint the proper picture of what these relationships are supposed to look like. And you're so right. The first relationship that you're supposed to be developing is with God and then with yourself, you know, and this is something that I am in the process of, you know, I'm not afraid to tell it or to share my story with anybody. You know, I am in therapy, you know, I am going through the process that you're talking about of finding out who I am, why I'm on this earth and, you know, really trying to build my self-love, self-confidence, self-value. I'm really trying to build those things up because that's not you know, emphasize, like you, like you said, and, you know, I just been up to this point, just trying to stay busy, you know, busy in myself with school and with, you know, my friends and other things to kind of hide and shy away from those, mm-hmm. you exactly. know, deep rooted things. And I think a lot of people 
are doing that. So, you know, can they you do. can you tell us about, well, go ahead. What were you going to say? No, I'm saying you're so right because that's exactly what they do. You know, that's exactly what they do. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, I was going to ask you, um, so how did you come about this whole self-worth thing? Like, when did you get that knowledge that I am worthy? Like, what? how did you lead up to that point? Well, God actually showed me. You know, one thing about it, when you have a personal relationship with God, first of all, we are who we are in him. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why I say I'm a child of God. And that's something I didn't realize. You yeah. know, I didn't realize who I was. You know, um, I was abandoned by my father. So I, my identity, you know, was that hurt little girl, that abandoned child that was abandoned by her father many, many years ago. So I identified my worth was all in him. Everything was framed in him. And so what happened is that identity began to govern my life. It, you know, once you identify with a certain thing, it begins to be you. It begins to govern your life. So I was that hurt little girl. What does hurt thing people do? They attract other hurt people and also hurt people hurt other people. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times we leave that part out. You know, who you are, that's who you're going to attract. So in, in my relationships, I begin to attract other hurt individuals. We had that in common, you know. And I didn't realize that then. So there was something that the Lord showed me and he rewinded my total life back to me, Mm -hmm. Brianna. He took me downstairs in the basement of my mother's home and, and, and showed me looking at the phone, looking at the phone. And I looked at the phone and I was looking at the phone because I had written my father a letter. And in that letter, he, he had left him and my mother had separated, you know, which that was the best thing that she could have done for herself you know, Mm -hmm. done for herself. She needed that because he was abusive. So I grew up watching that, you know, and so that was traumatic, but that's all that I had to, you know, envision about my father was Mm -hmm. abuse. You know, everything that I remembered about him was bad. You know, it wasn't anything really, truly good. So that was instilled in me. That seed was planted in me. Mm -hmm. Okay. But, you know, then I still desired him because he was my father. Yeah. So I written him a letter and in that letter, you know, I was telling him, you know, why he, you know, wasn't in contact with us, why he hasn't called us, why he haven't came and seen myself, my sisters and I, you know, I was speaking for them too. And that was the first time. And I realized that, that I was really expressing myself, you know what I'm saying? But when I didn't get a response, it changed me. And I was downstairs looking at that phone and God um, allowed me to hear everything that I was had written that day. Mm-hmm. And once I looked at that phone and it weeks and months had went by, and that's the time when I realized, man, my father never responded. He never called me back. It changed my life right there. Wow. So in that, I began to suppress um, immediately after that, I ran over to my youngest sister and I just began to scratch her scratch and I scratch her arms until she bled. What? That's how angry I was. Yes. Oh my God. Right. So I was angry. I began to scratch and she was like, what in the world? She just stood there and let me, but she got me back now a little later (laughs) on, (laughs) but she probably probably was in shock. Like, yeah, you just shocked me. I rushed her. (laughs) And just begin to, you know, scratch her. 
And, and what I was doing, I was expressing the anger that I had. Yeah. Okay. So, cause even if you're not able to talk about these things, it's going to come out in your behavior. Yes. You know? yes. And what happens in this, 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 who I was, who I identified myself, it began to govern my thought process. It began to govern my decisions. It began to govern my life, you know, and it was all negative. Yeah. And people don't realize that you think that, you know, you go through a traumatic experience and time passes by and you don't think that you're really affected by it, but the other people around you may be able to see it through your behaviors and you won't even know. Like, I mean, even myself, you pointed out some behaviors in myself that started this whole finding myself and, you know, trying to repair myself mentally based Mm -hmm. off of some behaviors, behaviors (laughs) that you saw in me that I, no one else had ever pointed out, you know? So I thank you for that. And, and the reason why, well, to God be the glory. The reason why I can identify with is because (laughs) I've been through it, you know, it's Mm -hmm. familiar and, and it was a part of my deliverance, you know, and I knew that, you know, in my last marriage, I was going through so much and I thought I was going to lose my mind. Right. Mm -hmm. So I was laying on the um, floor, crying out to the Lord. And, you know, and I ended up getting up, going into my prayer closet because it was just a constant phone call from my ex-husband. And he was just really, I mean, he just would never let up, you know, even when I separated and I moved from him, he would call me, call me, call me back to back to back to back, you know? And I just thought, you know, in that, I was thinking he's still my husband. We haven't, got a divorce, you mm-hmm. know, um, but I mean, it was terrible. It, it was, it was terrible. And so when I uh, went into the bathroom and I began to pray and I asked God why I was, why I was going through that. And he told me just as plain as day, it's not for you. It's for somebody else. So mm-hmm. it was a part of my ministry, which I didn't realize at the time, but when he told me that it changed my thought process, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It changed me where I could deal with it a little better, not saying that it took the pain away because yeah. it was hurtful. You know, it was very hurtful. Um, the things that I had to go through, but um, it gave me a greater understanding, you know, in knowing yeah. that God gave, was giving me the strength Mm-hmm. that I needed to go through that process, you know, and he, and he just said it, like, I, like I said, it's not about you. It's about somebody else. He's a, yeah. It's about the people that you're going to help, you know, after you go through it, you know, it had to take its full course and I had yeah. to allow it to take its full course, you know? So even in that, when, when, um, my, uh, when the Lord allowed me to divorce him, you know, just things that God was doing. And I didn't realize, you know, and I just said, I'm just going to be obedient to whatever God says. Right. So the Lord told me to apologize to him. Now I said, apologize. Right. What? Right. You know, I'm still married to him. So, you know, he said, apologize. He told, and you know, the Lord told me to stop having sex with him. You know, I had to break all contact with him, you know, but the apology wasn't for him. It was about me. You know what I'm saying? So So I said, Lord, Huh? I was saying, explain that a little more. Yeah. It was about me. It was about my restoration. It was about what God was doing in my heart, you know, for the, to set setting me free. Okay. Yeah. But listen, it is so ironic because when he told me to go and apologize to him. Right. And so this man was cursing me out. I mean, I was all kind of bees. I mean, mm. I couldn't even get a word in edgewise and I'm telling you tears was flowing. 
Mm -hmm. I was crying on the other side of that phone. But you know what? I was determined to do what God told me to do. I didn't know what the end result was going to be. I didn't know what God was going to what God was going to do in that. Mm -hmm. But I did. So as soon as I got a, you know, a place in, um, I was able to speak. I apologized. And I said, I apologize for my responsibility in the breakup of our marriage, because we have to realize it, it's not just them. Yeah. You know, it, you know, we have to take responsibility for what we do as well. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I went into that relationship uh, as a rebound relationship. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I had to apologize to him because I'm going to tell you, when I woke up out of my coma, <laughs> I didn't even really know. <laughs> I didn't even really know how old he was. This is how gone I was. Oh my goodness. Your husband? Yes. I had to apologize to him from putting him in that situation. You mm. know what I'm saying? Because he may have had true feelings. You know what I'm saying? I used him too as well. So I had to apologize for the part that I played in that, but I didn't understand it then, you mm-hmm. know, because sometimes we substitute, you know, some people um, say, you know, it's better, you can get over a man by getting another man. That's not yeah. true. You know, what happens is that, it, you know, you're hurting somebody, you know, you're hurt and you're just trying to use that person to get over that other person. That's yeah. not fair to that person. It's not. You know what I'm saying? Because they may be coming in, giving you their full heart. Yeah. And he wanted to, he didn't want a divorce, but anyway, so I went to bed that, um, that night when I woke up, then after I apologized, the Lord said, now you can divorce him mm. because he wouldn't release me from him until that happened. Okay. So, you know, I, he said, now you can divorce him. So I called him and I told him that I was filing for a divorce. And the first thing he said is, you didn't even apologize to me. The very first thing he said. And I said, yes, I did. I said, I apologize to you exactly last night. You know, because you, he just went, and then he just went blank. He couldn't, he was stuck. It wasn't nothing else. No more room for him. You know what I'm saying? Nothing else. Yeah. Because I did it. And see, see, that's why you got to obey God. He was looking for that apology to use against me. Mm. He couldn't even use it because I already, I had already did it. And so God released me from that relationship, you know, and then uh, God began to work on me, mm-hmm. you know? And um, so I just, I just uh, yield to the process, you know, I just yield to the process what God desired to do in me. Because I, um, I didn't have anywhere else to go anyway, Brianna. And, and I didn't desire to go anywhere else. I mm. wanted it. You know, I had so many different defenses up that God himself had to tell me, let me love you. Mm. Let me love you. I didn't know what that looked like, feel like. See, I can truly say, you know, here today that, you know, my, my ex-husbands, I've been married twice, um, had mm. a baby daddy. I have five children, you know, um, and don't look like it. (laughs) (laughs) I have five children. I didn't marry one, um, which was my son's father, but, um, out of all the relationships that I had, I came to the realization that I didn't love them. Mm. I had like for them. Mm -hmm. I mean, whatever the case it was to draw me to them, I didn't even know what love looked like, felt like. I didn't know what it was. Right. You know, 
So um, I had to identify with that. You know, once I found out what love was, because love is an action word. Once I really found out love is God, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And um, he's the epitome of love. Love is not abusive. You know, a lot of us uh, go through abuse and we feel like that person, you know, even though he's abusing us, he got some type of love for us. You mm -hmm. know, no, that is not love. That's a toxic relationship. And some of us don't know how to identify between the two because we're so used to being in or accustomed to being in pain or yeah. being in that type of, you know, aggression or, you know, because contention, because we lived like that. We grew up like that. So some of us, that's normal, you know, because we, we haven't seen anything else. Yeah. So when God really begins to show you what that love really is and what it looked like, you know, I mean, I'm like, really, God, I didn't know. Because I didn't even love myself. You right. can't give anybody something that you do not have. Yes. And that's where that term that I love so much, you cannot pour from an empty cup. Exactly. You can't. Exactly. And then we put so, so many expectations. You know, if we are in a relation in a relationship and we haven't dealt with what we have internally first, then mm -hmm. we're looking for fulfillment from this other person and they cannot fulfill those spaces that you're trying to fill. They just can't. Those voids. Exactly. They can't. They can't. They and can. then, you know, putting those, putting godly expectations on people you're going to be disappointed every single time exactly every single time even if it's not you know a person you you could be trying to fill it with money or you know success or whatever it's just not going to do it it's not going to do what you need it to do and you're still going to be feeling unfulfilled and unsatisfied um and I wanted to go back to something that you said earlier. You said just because, you know, God was taking you through the process and he was helping you, that doesn't mean that it didn't hurt. And that's yes. another reason I feel like women stay is because they don't want to go through the hurt. It hurts too bad. You know, it's that bond that you created that wasn't even supposed to be created is keeping you in there and it's unhealthy and nobody wants to go through that pain when on the other side of that pain is the treasure or the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow but you had to go through the storm first to get there mm -hmm. so what did you do in those times where you were just hurting and it just hurt bad you know what did you do I cried out to God that's when I cried out because, you know, I have to give you this testimony. When I really first cried, I was so, so numb that I never cried. Mm. I don't care if somebody, somebody died. Yeah. I don't care. I, I have a high tolerance of pain too, as well. Mm -hmm. So I could take a lot, but when I first had my first child, yeah. And um, then I really realized what love really was when mm. I had my first child. And I began to cry. Mm. I, that's when my heart, when I believed that God had softened up my heart because my heart was hardened. Mm. And when he softened up my heart, it came through by way of birth of my first, my first daughter. Mm -hmm. And I began to cry and I cried so much. And I was like, man, I can't <laughs> stop crying. <laughs> But you know what? That was a form of deliverance 
for all the years that I had suppressed and, you know, and was so numb to life and people. And, you know, it, it was so, it, I felt like, you know, I, I made self covenants with myself where I wasn't going to allow anybody to hurt me. Yeah. So I put a defense up. So even if they desired, wanted to love me, they couldn't to the fullest, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, because I had a defense up. up. Exactly. I had my guard up. I had trust issues. You know, it was just so much. So I began to cry, you know, when I had my my children. And um, and that's when I really felt and noticed what love really was, you know. And so from there, um, I just believe that my process of deliverance was beginning, you know, but that was God. He knew that I had to care about something. Mm -hmm. more than myself I had to care about and have a responsibility you know what I'm saying something yeah. to take care of and I needed that I needed my children so they became my life you know my my meaning for living was my my children so um that was a part of the part of my process there too as well did I answer your question yes you did you did those kids okay. are to you man <laughs> <laughs> you'll be crying you know, out of love and hurt yes because yeah because the enemy will know how you feel about your children he'll use them against you too as well you know mm -hmm. he'll use that very thing that god used to help you and deliver you and he'll turn around and use those use them them same children mm -hmm. against you <laughs> <laughs> cheering how they say yeah, yeah they, they'll use he'll use your children against you too so you know um but that's where I really felt the love, you know, and was able to express that and really respond to that. It's, it, it came through my children, you know, and God, but he gave me them, Yeah, you know. That's a beautiful thing. They're a blessing. Yes, real. they are. Yes. They are. Your children are a blessing. And we have to be mindful, you know, if we don't want to pass these, you know, these generational curses down to them. Mm. You got to be mindful on, you know, because you got to think about, you know, what it's taking you through, you know what yeah. I'm saying? And the process of hurt and thing, you know, we're, we're all going to be, go through things. Okay. But some things can be eliminated when yeah. we are conscious of the things that we do and say around our children, you know, mm. um, because my template, the very first thing I saw was my father abusing my mother, you know? Yeah. So that was and what I saw. You didn't even have any control over that. No control. over that. Yeah. But if they were conscious to understand what, you know, that what you do in front of your children affect them, you know, it affects their life. It yeah. affects their decisions, you know, and their thought process, you know, cause you're planting seeds in them. Yeah. And eventually those seeds are going to, you know, reproduce, they're going to grow. And we have to understand that we reproduce after our own kind. You know, if you look back in generation and generation, you know, um, alcoholism passed down, mm -hmm. um, rape, molestation, molestation, all these things that are passed down. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, domestic violence passed down, you know, so we got to get, get, get conscious and understand that, you know, they're passed down is because we haven't changed you know what I'm saying? You mm -hmm. haven't changed the dynamics of your past uh, generation or the yeah. generational curses. So somebody has to be conscious, you know, and change that. And God will do that. God will open up somebody's heart and mind or use someone, you know, in your family to do that. Yep. And then, you know, that is another reason 
why I have started this podcast to share information like this for people who may not have somebody else to tell them that. So, you know, I just thank God for you for coming on. And I thank God for putting this on my heart to share this information with everyone, because it's so important. It's so, so important. You know, just like you were exposed to that, the picture that I had for a family growing up wasn't the best either. And I'm coming into an adult now and I am, you know, having to go through the same healing process that you had to go through. So, you know, hopefully we can touch somebody and stop it in its tracks and, you know, help somebody be delivered. Um, So now that you have gone through your process, I know the process is never over, but you're in a better place than you were in. Mm -hmm. What kind of qualities are you looking for now in a man? Well, the first thing is God fearing. You okay. know, um, a lot of times we, cause I, you know, my, my first husband, I mean, my sec, my second husband knew how, knew the Bible. Mm. So that wasn't something, and that was an attraction to me, but it, he got to know more than the Bible. You know yeah. what I'm saying? He has to fear God yeah. and, and really, you know, apply that, the, the, the word of God, you know, mm. because he has to be my covering. Yeah. So, and I have to trust him. You know what I'm saying? And uh, he has to be able to rain down the word on me as well as I rain down the word on him. Okay. <laughs> so we got to be compatible in that area of our life because if he put God first, then he's going to know how to treat me, mm. you know, and I want, and ladies, let me say this, that your husband should find you in a relationship and he, you should already be in a relationship. And what I mean by that, you should be in a relationship with God. Because the Bible even says this, that a single woman attend to the things of God, a married woman attend to the things of her husband. You know, you have to allow God to make you and prepare you to be a wife. Okay. Mm. And that's what I mean by when you're single, you're in preparation. Yes. You know, everybody that wants to be a wife doesn't have the qualities to be a wife. You could say that again. <laughs> okay. So God, what does God do? God, uh, uh, he develops you and show you how to be that, that woman that you need to be for your particular husband. Now, yes. every husband requires different things. That's why you can't go out there and, and choose. You can't give your pearls to swine. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, you are valuable. Once you know your worth, you know, and know what, what it means to, you know, what that means, what, what, what adds value to you. A lot of times women believe it's their legs, their butt, their breast, And, mm-hmm. you know, I got a, a six figure job and, and these men are not caring anything about that. It's about your character. That is the greatest value that you hold period. Character now, ladies, your character your character are, you know, that, and in, in the term we use in the word of God is that virtue, a virtuous woman, mm-hmm. you know, that sets you apart from all the other women. It sets you apart because we all have the same parts. Okay. But yes. what, what makes you different from the next woman? Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And the Bible says that, you know, a virtuous woman is hard to find. She's hard to find, yes, you know, because she has particular qualities about yeah. her. You know what I'm saying? And so, you know, most men, and I'm talking about accomplished men. I ain't talking about no buster. I ain't talking about, you know, <laughs> you know, those out there don't care about nothing, sleeping with every type of, even, let me say this too, because even that man will change for the right woman. 
even that man, mm -hmm. okay? If the right woman gets a hold to him, she has the potential because you got to know your potential. You yeah. have the potential to build him up. Yeah. The wise woman does what? She builds her house, a foolish one, tear it down with her tear hand. It down. Come on. So when you have the ability and you can see the potential in a man, he might not even be where he needs to be, but you see it. Yeah. Okay. So God called us to do what? Help him. Help him. See, a lot of times we're so we're so engulfed in ourselves. Okay, I got to prove a point. I got to be this boss lady. Mm -hmm. Listen, I'm telling you, but you want to be a wife. And can you do, do them both? Yes, if you put them in the right perspective and understand your position. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? There's positions and you have to understand your position. You know, in the household. Now, when you're on your job, be that boss lady, you mm -hmm. know, but, but just the same way you manage in that job, come home and manage your house. I don't care if you're the boss, you're the CEO out there in the world. But when you come home, you got to take all those hats off at that doorstep, leave them on that porch and come in and submit to your husband. Come on. And people, and women do not like that word. That is the word. Yeah. Exactly. Because it has, because people have put a negative connotation on that word, but that's a powerful place and a powerful position is to understand this. And, you know, I tell everybody, you know, even as I read the word um, and, and even in my book that I have uh, a chapter in there, deliverance before submission. Mm. Okay. And in that, even in the word of God, the Bible says, submit to one another. This is the part that we leave out and the yes. people leave out. It just says wives submit to their husband, right? Mm -hmm. But they leave out the part when God says, and the word says, submit to one another in reverence to God. Yeah. So we're to submit to one another. So the help me has to trust the head and the head has to trust the help me too as well. Yeah. You know, it's a powerful position and it's ordained by God, you know, but we have to understand that those are the things that we have to allow ourselves to sit back and allow God to develop us to that place where we will be able to submit to our husband. We can't take authority over him and be more dominant than him. You mm -hmm. know, our husbands, we have to know how to submit, not saying that everything he's going to say or do is right. You know, but when you're in that submit that place of submission and he trusts you, he's going to trust your opinion. He's going to trust what you have to say in the matter, you know, you and you come together in agreement, not saying that he makes all the decisions. No, you're coming together, but he has to be able to trust you. Now we go all the way back to Eve. OK, she usurped the authority of her husband. Sure. Did. And what did it do? It caused what the whole fall of man because she was disobedient, you know? So we have to know that we have a, a, a place and, and find that out, you know? First of all, find out your own worth mm -hmm. because once you do not know your worth, you know, um, when you do know it, let me say when you do know it, knowing your worth and who you are, you know, and whom you are, are all associated together as one. You yeah. have to know your worth, but all that comes, your worth come through 
your creator. You know, it comes through God and that's the, that godly character. You know, we are made in his image and that's where he is trying to get us back to, to understand that he's not a mean, angry, um, rough, tough God like that. No, he's a loving, kind God, you know, um, but knowing your worth and who you are and whom's you are will mm-hmm. prevent emotional blackmail is one of the things that happens, you know, when we don't know who we are, you know, uh, people can tell us anything, yeah. you know, and we know that the enemy, he, he's really, he's trying to come after you in any shape, form or fashion, you know, so he comes after your emotions. Okay. And it, it will prevent manipulation. You know, when you know who you are, you know, you're not easily being manipulated. Yep. You know, when you understand that and control, and you talked about it earlier, it'll prevent settling for less than yeah. who you are, you know, but if you don't know you, who you are, you're going to settle. Yep. Desperation. You're going to settle. And you, that'll take over and you'll just be like, oh, this is the best that I can get. So exactly. So you right settle here. for that. Exactly. Codependency, because some of us become codependent, mm-hmm. you know, because we don't know who we are. We, we, we create ourselves and we define ourselves in other people. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. you know, um, we got so many people trying to be, you know, like you said, some, some celebrity because mm-hmm. that they don't know their own identity. They don't know who they are. They, they, they're not walking in the power of, in the beauty because you have the same authority as any other woman, you know, you have the same abilities as any other woman, but when you find out who you are, I mean, your uniqueness, mm-hmm. that's when you most powerful and fulfilled right there. And you can see the beauty. And guess what? When something is authentic, people notice that. Yes. They notice the fake and they notice the authentic. You're going to shine greater or even more because you're walking in who you are. You know, and that character, I mean, I'm telling you that people see it, you know, they'll, 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 you'll hear people say there's something different about you. Yeah. You're not like the others. Walk in a room and you don't even have to say anything. Say anything. You will change the whole atmosphere and you'll be noticed. I'm telling you. So, you know, and and another thing that I want to say is um, you don't have to earn someone's love or attention. That's not, and a lot of people do that, you know, when they don't know who they are, they don't know their worth, Mm -hmm. you know, um, they try to earn it, you know, do things that they don't want to do just because they want somebody to love them, you know, and that comes with not loving yourself and not knowing your worth and who you are, you know, knowing that you deserve better. Yeah. Yeah. You deserve it. You deserve everything that God has put in place for you. You just have to tap in and check in with him to start to, you know, learn yourself, learn who you are and build up your relationship with him first. So I just want to thank you again so much, Miss Trish. This has been, you know, I talk to you every day, but (laughs) even this conversation (laughs) that we had, I learned some new things about you and it just makes me appreciate you even more. And thank you so much for coming and sharing your story with us. Um, Tell these ladies how they can, how they can find you, how, because you also have a podcast. Um, So how can they find you online? First? Okay. Yeah, I would do that. But thank you too, for having me. I appreciate that. I Mm -hmm. really do. 
Um, well, we have a prayer group that we, we come together every morning at 6.30 a.m. on Facebook Room. You can mm -hmm. join that um, through my Facebook page, Latricia Taylor. Um, also, um, two books, well, really three books, but I'm, I'm, I'm going back in and I'm um, doing some little details on my very uh, first book that I had to, you know, really do over. But um, that one is waiting on my Ruth experience, the woman. Now, when that one come out, I'll have Brianna. We can announce that because I'm 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 really revising that one, you okay. know, because I I want to make sure that you know everything is right with that one. But the one that you can get on Amazon is um, how to manage a million dollar man, and that's uh, a revision of uh, waiting on my Ruth experience. Mm -hmm. Okay, and and um, now a million dollar man doesn't mean he has a whole bunch of money. That's not what it means. Uh, <laughs> it actually is a metaphor for a man of a noble character because you can find men with a whole bunch of money and treat you like dirt. You oh, know what I'm saying? Treat you like a dog. Exactly. <laughs> so don't predicate it, you know, what you're looking for on his financial, you know, status. You know, let him have more than that. Now, if he has financial status and a good character, okay, then, then you're doing really good, you know, mm -hmm. um, but think about this, you know, you can get someone that doesn't have that financial uh, background or financial status and you all can build from there too, Yeah, you know, so don't, uh, you know, just be searching out for men that have money, you know, um, you don't know what God's going to do with that individual who he, you know, want to unite you with and he may not have a whole bunch of money right now but mm -hmm. it doesn't mean he won't you know so right. and then um conquering the unseen by faith that one is also on amazon all right well you heard it first pastor latricia taylor thank you so much and i look forward thank to y'all listening to this episode and thank you so much until next time bye guys Thank you for joining us for another episode. Please share this with someone who may need it. And we hope you leave today feeling encouraged until next time.